What a joy it is to have you on the podcast today, friends. Thanks for tuning in. JV and I catch up a little bit on how I prepare sermons, what's coming up at Real Life. We appreciate you. We're praying for you. Have a great day and enjoy the podcast. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Real Life Podcast! JV! Good morning, Freddie. Happy Thursday <coughs> I sound a little froggy this morning. You got a little frog in your throat? <clears throat> yes, I got a little frog in my throat. The seasonal allergies. Yeah, yeah. I was outside for some baseball games this week, and... We won't talk about how Rossview Varsity beat. Uh, I didn't know that we mentioned their names. Yeah, you, well. Because it was the Exit 8 School. It is the Exit 8 School okay, and the just, Red School. They just, beat CHS Varsity. JV tied. Not me, JV. Junior on, Varsity. The, the, you're exactly team. right. Junior Varsity Baseball this week, Monday, they tied. Which, which drives me insane because tying is like only soccer and hockey. <sighs> but it's Junior Varsity, time limit. Went right into the varsity game, you know, so they, they just stopped the game. It doesn't matter where it is. They stopped the game at the time limit, and uh, so that was very frustrating because it's like we're, like, coming back, you know. So then uh, – but then we J- – junior varsity beat them again. Uh, junior varsity beat – CHS junior varsity beat Rossview on Tuesday. That would be the Wildcats, CHS. That's right. And they play again tonight. Wow. Three games in the same week. Big rivalry. Burning hot. Monday night, five-hour game. It was a five-hour game. The varsity game was five hours. It's a long time. It's crazy. I left about the second inning, which was about two hours deep. Was that past nine o'clock? I can't remember. Yeah, I'd probably yeah. sleep. How you doing, man? Uh, seasonal, al- seasonal allergies. And <laughs> here, we're, we we tape this in my office building. Yes. And we have like a little porch out back. Yes. And we've been watching this. I thought was a mockingbird. You you have identified as a robin. I, I saw a robin out there this That's morning. That's it. That's robin. And yeah. a, a, she, I guess, maybe he, has built a nest. It was a she. And every time you walk out the back door, she flies away to the little tree next right. to it. And then she flies at you. Yeah. Like she's going to scare me. She's protecting she her babies. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. She should have picked a better spot, though. Not it's the a, back door of an office it's building. It's a big <laughs> nest. It's a big nest. I love bird nests, man. I love, <laughs> I I love it when they, you know, have their eggs in their nests. It's just nature. Well, anyway. Just nature. Uh, let's see. Today is Thursday. We're taping this Thursday morning after the Sunday after Easter party, which was on the land. It I was, want to talk about that, but I want to tell you, I want uh, to talk about something else first. <laughs> There's, there, were, there were two thoughts I had. One... Uh, let's see if I can remember what it was. Okay, so one was, you know, like, I'm so fired up. I've been, I've been getting a, a few high school guys together right here where yep. we record the podcast on Friday mornings. Yep. And there's one young man, uh, who lives with his mom, his stepdad, and his brother, his half brother. Um, and I, I, I challenged him to invite his mom and his brother to pray. And I, I challenge them to invite them to pray on their knees. And I've been training these guys on how to pray through the acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Adoration, confession, adoration, confession thanksgiving, thanksgiving supplication, supplication. Which is means, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I thought he would do it. He's a very teachable 
guy. Um, but I wasn't sure. And I knew that his middle school brother would laugh at him. Uh, but he didn't. And this young man did challenge his mom and middle school brother to get on their knees in their home together and pray. And he led him in prayer. And he's done it more than once. And I just think, come on, how amazing is that? That's great, Randy. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, that's great training and just what God's asked us to do. Well, you just we jump on this podcast to, to kind of just try to tell the story, right? Tell the story of what God is doing at real life. And you guys, there's a junior in high school at real life being discipled who is now discipling his mom and brother. And I just think that's amazing. That is amazing. It's super great, actually. Praise God. It happens right here in your lounge. How do you feel about that? That's why we created the Isn't lounge. Isn't that cool, JV? It is. That's why yeah. we created this lounge. It's kind of a respite for Rachel and I uh, during the week, and uh, hope others are getting to enjoy it, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, all right. So, without any other further interruption, <laughs> week, the Sunday after Easter party on the land was Sunday. Yes. We did not have a drop of rain, just lots of sunshine. Oh, everybody was sunburned. It was Beautiful day. I put sunscreen on this time, and I did not wear <laughs> jeans. Last, I think yeah. last whenever we did it, I burned up like an oven. But it was a great day on the land. Yeah. Um, all the fun, the food trucks, blah, blah, blah. My son got baptized, which was just super phenomenal. Yeah. So tell me about your day. Tell me about your day on the land. What was it like for you? Oh, it was it was, it was, it was great, Freddie. Uh, you, you guys, it's a little emotional for me. Because yeah, you guys drove over. What were you thinking and feeling as you drove? We drove over. over. We did the cheat. We 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 parked on the road as okay. you exit out. We walked up and we got there maybe a tad bit later than we planned on it. It was just people everywhere. The food trucks, yeah. stage was up, music yeah. was playing. Yeah. It was just. Uh, it really is a phenomenal. As we talked about, as we've talked about it plenty of times, it was just as phenomenal as last year. It's just like I said. This it's kind of like a very mini picture of heaven. Hmm. That it's just going to be the celebration. Yeah. So Jesus. when you so when you walked up on the land, who was the first person you saw? What did you? Uh, we walked up with a good friend of mine that I used to know when I taught high school. Actually, okay. Jeremy Muzzle. He was, oh yeah. We all walked up with Muzz and his family, and I think they were getting one of his. Yes. Boys Eli, was getting, his son Eli. Was yeah, baptized, was getting baptized. Yes. yes. So we walked up with. Did the, you have him in class? Like, was he I don't a student know if of he, yours? I don't know if he took my class or not, but he yeah. was in high school yeah, at the time yeah, yeah, I was yeah, teaching yeah, yeah. at the academy. But, um, but yeah, no, we found our seat and rushed up and got the baptism four one one, and um, and then I just like walking around, yeah, just looking for people to talk yeah. to, and had a lady stop me and uh, told about Max. I'd seen her a couple times. She'd asked for some prayer week before and um, about her niece, I think about presenting the gospel, and I asked her about it, and she told me, and then told Max was being baptized, and she came up to me and said, you think you think I should be baptized? So anyway, we had this long conversation, and lo and behold, Fred, yeah, she got baptized. So. 20, 22 people were baptized. Super, super. I, I, You know, I feel like it was a pretty big swing and miss in terms of sharing the gospel. Like, I did a great job telling the story of real life. My head was a little foggy, and I... Uh, I just felt like it was a royal swing in the mist. It was like giant crowd there. You know, you had all kinds of people visiting for baptisms and all of that. And so, well, I think you made the point of yeah. Matthew. Was it sixteen, eighteen, eighteen? Well, 17? sure. I, that Jesus is, you know, sixteen, eighteen. Matthew sixteen, eighteen. Jesus said, "I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it." But, but I don't know that I, you know, at the very end, I shared the gospel very briefly. 
but not thoroughly, not clearly, not with passion, you know, uh, the way it probably should have. Anyways, shake it off. Living think, and learning. I'm no, sure. shake it off. I yeah. think I think Thanks. I didn't I didn't I didn't hear a lack of Jesus on Sunday at well, the land. I what did you that. what did you eat from the food trucks? I didn't. We had piano practice got moved up early, you know. I told you my piano practice. You haven't asked. But I may have a recital in two weeks. We need know. to record the podcast in your home one day so we can hear you play the piano on the podcast. <laughs> so anyway, we had to we kinda had a jet about You really do have a recital? I may have to do a recital. When when would your recital be? Uh, a couple weeks, yeah. What What's the date? I, I, it's two weeks from Saturday. Whatever. Two weeks from Saturday. Hang on. I'm it's pulling up the calendar. 14th. 14th. Okay. I may play with Nella on a duet. May 14th. Where? I, I don't think anybody's just allowed now. Jonathan, I where, don't know where. where. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Where is your piano recital? <laughs> I really don't know. Rachel does all this work. Okay. She's, she's Podcast enough. listeners, I will get back to you <laughs> on when and where Jonathan. It's a very small place, I think. You're not allowed. We can pack it public, in. Standing room public only. Public is not allowed. Anyway, uh, so anyway, we had to leave early. Unfortunately, we did not. Oh, but the kids got golly geez ice cream okay, okay. before uh, the presentation. You let piano practice cause you to leave early on the day well, of the land. Well, I left at 1130. That's not early. I got there at 945. Psh, so, psh, yeah, 945, 1130. That's not early. Shake, so, shake it off. But it was good to see. I got to see a lot of my community group uh, community group folks. Yeah. Um, uh, just, you know, like some people I don't get to see a lot on, on on uh, Sundays, normally, I got to see him. Okay, here's a him. huge highlight. Here's a huge highlight. The welcome team did a phenomenal job capturing people's information on the Connect cards. We had over 50 Connect cards that were either that were like first-time profiles for us. Great. F- following up with 50 people. Oh, it's so great. So great. Did, you, did they say why they were there, or they just give their information? Uh, they just gave their information. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. interesting why they came, and that would be. Yeah, you know, when we follow up with people, well, sometimes. Uh, That's the first question you ask, why'd you come? Yeah, yeah. How'd you hear about real life? You know, so you'll sometimes you get those stories, and you know, a lot of times people, you know, I mean, most people screen their calls these days, so you know, the the phone call goes to a voicemail, and then they shoot them a text, you know. So, um, what a glorious day! No, it really was. So, if you haven't been, I don't know when our next one is. It's okay. We'll probably, we'll probably do it at our birthday. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a lot. It's just a very interesting experience. It's it's the fun as you as you worship with others. It's it's kind of a loose. It's not this highly formal thing, but you, it's just a really very interesting. You know what experience. we need to do next time is we need to like we need to have some serious prayer on the land for the future facility on the land. Okay. Yeah. There you go, Jonathan. Last week we talked about on Easter a hundred thousand dollar check was given. Correct, we did. So we talked about that, and you know, I don't know if it's just God's providence or if that generosity spurned on more generosity. But a few days after we announced that that check, another a twenty thousand dollar gift came in. Wow! And then and then uh, more generosity continues to come in, and um, just maybe glory, we should talk about it more today. Glory to God. Well, I just. You know, uh, I'm thankful to the Lord for His provision. I'm thankful to God's people for their sensitivity, the Holy Spirit, their generosity, and um, it's exciting to see the Lord building His church through in in all these different ways. So beautiful, not just money, but it does include money. But it's attendance, it's commitment, it's how you're involved, um, what you do. Hadn't gone to the path, go to the path. If two Saturdays in a row, two Saturdays in a row, I was meeting somebody at Golly G's. And Jeanette Smith, our real life kids director, was there getting somebody ready for baptism two Saturdays in a row. I love it. Yep. 
Yeah. Well, that's why we're doing this, right? Absolutely. That is why we're doing this. Yes. Indeed. Okay. So, uh, in addition to the land and the Easter week after Easter party, uh, we had an elder meeting here at the office again. And um, thank you for letting us use your new conference no, room. Oh no, yeah, put the conference room together finally after like sixteen months. Um, Paul wasn't able to attend. He was he was under the weather. Stomach bug, Paul. Stomach bug. Yep. I'm glad he didn't show. But anyway, <laughs> for those that don't know, uh, elders meet roughly one time a month, um, every month. And if if you've never seen the experience, I was never a deacon. My father was a deacon. I never saw what happened at deacons' meetings. But what happened at this elder meeting and what happens at most elder meetings is that we pray. And that's all we did. Uh, we prayed. We talked about the needs of the people that have reached out to the staff or to the prayer team. And DJ Daniel Cox is not just an unbelievable DJ for us on <laughs> podcasts and a great videographer and everything else he does, but he also is doing pastoral care, which that just means is when, when a need arises through whatever source, the prayer team, call, text, whatever, um, DJ Daniel Cox follows up with that and, and, and categorizes or, or catalogs yeah. 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 Um, all the uh, and things that we're doing and praying and reaching out or helping. Yeah. And so we use that yes. as a, a, a launching pad for our prayer time for over almost an hour of praying for people's specific needs. Yeah. And so if you have a need, just so know that somebody at real life at, at some level, is praying, including um, the the humble elders here. They're trying to do our job in praying for the <laughs> needs of the people. So don't think that if you reach out to Mission at 97,000, text yeah. Mission at 97,000. That's good. Or you just reach out to somebody in the prayer team or whatever it is, your needs and your prayers are not only prayed for, but they're being followed up with. Yeah, and so that's good. Please share your needs or praises, but your needs and and they will be followed up on. Yeah, we meet as a you know as a as an elder team. We meet once a month. Yeah. Our prayer team's praying every you know every uh, every Sunday. Daniel reviews the the care list with me once a week. Um, so text mission to ninety seven thousand. Good word, JV. Good word. Yeah. It was a very moving experience for me. I've I've been very transparent. I, you know, prayer's been a tough thing for me all of these years. A little too much sovereignty of God in my head, I think, and. Um, so, yeah, just humbly coming before him, not trying to find the answers, just coming to God with great posture and, 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 and bringing our supplications to him. That's what he wants to hear. JV, I've got some exciting things to share this morning, but before that, let's take a break. We want to know more about you at Real Life. We want to hear your story at Real Life. We want to discover what makes you passionate at Real Life. We want to do that at The Path. The Path starts this Sunday at 10 a.m. at the City Forum. The Path is a two-week experience for you to sink your teeth into our DNA, for you to get connected and dig a little deeper at real life. And it's our opportunity to learn more about you. Sign up for The Path today by texting MISSION to 97000. That's MISSION to 97000. Sign up today. All right, we're back. Fred. JV. So this week, uh, you gave a great chronological history of <laughs> no the inception of real life and yeah, how it's come up where yeah, it's yeah, going to yeah. be. What I what I missed was yeah, yeah. 
was was a sermon today yeah. was Sunday. So it's <laughs> we, just interesting. It's just interesting about how much time you put in every week for sermons. So I, I think for a regular listener of the podcast, or for those that are actually attending or watching online, how in the world do you come up with a sermon? It seems overwhelming for some. I think it's overwhelming for me when I did it. But how do you do that? Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, it's. Uh, Billy Graham said, you learn how to preach by getting out there and doing it. You know, I preached my first sermon when I was 16. Um, Psalm 119? Yeah, verse 9, 9, 10, 11. You're good, JV. And God was so kind, so kind to to allow me to have dozens and dozens and dozens of opportunities to preach when I was in college in West Tennessee. Um. Our Baptist campus ministry would just travel around on Sunday nights, and we I would preach in all these churches, you know, just kind of honing my craft. And um, I, I had no formal training at that time, you know, in, in preaching. So it's just kind of out of the overflow, and I'm sure it wasn't skilled. Um, and um, it, so anyways, I went to seminary, you know, had – preaching class you're evaluated you're preaching in front of guys and they give you feedback and the professor gives you feedback and you listen to sermons and you analyze sermons and all of that you know and um but i've just had lots and lots of opportunities to hone the craft in prep you know so lots and lots and lots of reps so it it actually you know over the years in terms of the prep um you get you get more and more and more and more and more comfortable with the process. And the process is really fun for me. Uh, it's often very devotional in nature, you know, where, um, you know, my goal is to meditate on the text that I'm preaching on as much as I can, as slow as I can, mull it over and over and over and over and over and over. And over. So the more I meditate on the text, just thinking on it, um, praying on it, sketching it out, brainstorming ideas out of the text. Just So there's kind of like a raw, there's a raw beginning place for me of where I'm just reading the text over and over, staring at it, um, and I'm, I'm writing down whatever comes to my mind, whatever jumps out at me. Uh, John Piper once said, you know, in speaking about meditation, like stare at the text long enough for something to like jump out at you, like stare at the text long enough for what's really there, you know, to come out for you. So that meditation process is, is really, really key. Um, and as I'm meditating on the text, I'm, I'm trying to dial my heart into it. What, how is it speaking to me? But then two other, two other main Two of the main things. What's the big idea of the text? And, and kind of is there a natural flow? And this is where taking into account the, the literary genre of the text is, is important because different literary genres are going to be approached. You, you've got to interpret them in different ways. So um, probably my favorite texts to prepare a sermon for would be um, the letters because they're usually written with like this logical argument that you can trace the argument through the text. And, um, 
And that's just kind of how I'm wired. Linear, logical, you know, and you can kind of build the argument, you know. And uh, for the longest time, for the longest time, I really struggled uh, preparing uh, text from the Gospels, like narrative from the Gospels. Luke, right now, is the first Gospel I've ever preached through. And, um, but you've got other kinds of literature in the Bible, like poetry, you have wisdom literature, you have apocalyptic literature, you have the narrative of the Old Testament. And so all of these, all of these texts of Scripture have to, you have to understand the nature of the genre if you're going to rightly interpret it. Um, and so, you know, in seminary, uh, we call this hermeneutics, which just means the study of interpretation. Um, you don't have to go to seminary to preach a good sermon. Uh, or a bad one. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but you do have to have a concept of, you know, let me let me just give you an example, right? Um when 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 the when the when the when the scripture says God is a rock. Well, God is not a rock, God is a spirit, <laughs> right? But the scripture is using a particular kind of language to describe what God is like. So if you don't understand, if you don't have a basic understanding of that, then you're going to wrongly interpret the scripture, right? Well, that's true with every kind of literary genre. So that's challenging. That's that's challenging. And um, I I don't you know I'm not a great grammarian. So I my my degree in college was in communications, not in English. You know. Um, and so that's a real challenge, you know, depending upon what kind of, um, what kind of text you're, you're. So, so, so the meditation is huge, and I'm looking for the big idea, uh, and looking for the outline. And um, usually, usually that first kind of that first time sitting with that text, um, uh, which is desirably on Monday morning, uh, the big idea emerges. Sometimes the outline emerges. Um, you know, within within a couple of hours of just staring at the text. So what you've explained is, so when you say big idea, you've used big idea, you would call that expositional preaching um, when you're taking the truth and bringing it out. You don't bring a story to the Scripture and try to figure out how it's going to work. So when Freddie says he pulls the text out and read it, he reads it for what it actually says now uh, uh, this is very important not just because this is interesting i think for some so they figure out how you come up with sermons sure it's this is the same exact thing that everyone should be doing every morning is that you have a story in the back of your head when you wake up every morning and you want an answer to your story and sometimes we need to kind of let it go and Pick up God's Word, just like Freddie does on Monday morning and Tuesday morning and probably most every day, all day, and pull the Scripture out. Don't just pull one out of the hat. Get something consistent. Whether, as he says, an epistle or letters, those are everything after Acts of the New Testament, or if it's Genesis or whatever it is. Be consistent and read the Scripture for what it actually says, and this is the best thing you said, and stare at it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. stare at it. I mean, you need to take yeah, a little bit of a chunk. Don't pick a don't pick a verse out like you do. You don't, you you take a chunk of text, yeah. whether you preach on it or not. Yeah, you take a chunk of text. You put it in context of what happened before and after. Context of who wrote it and why they wrote it. The historical context. That's what you're 
what you were saying. You put everything in context, but read the scripture for the big idea. I think is what you said. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Alistair Beck, <clears throat> one of my one of a very good preacher over in Cleveland, Ohio, always says he tries to make the main thing the plain right, thing, right. and he tries to make the plain thing the main thing. <laughs> Don't try to twist the scriptures yeah. to something. Yeah. That's not. So I, I, I jumped on you, but anyway. No, I, no, I love what you just said, quoting Alistair, because I often take that for granted, that we all need the basics. So so one of the things that helped me probably five or six years ago is somebody, somebody was saying, really lean into the most obvious thing that may not be obvious to everybody. You know, like sometimes we miss the most obvious things and really lean into that. Jonathan, you used a word, expository preaching. When was the first time you heard the word expository preaching? Probably Wally. My brother Wally went to seminary, um, gosh, a long time ago now. And so probably him, because uh, that was probably in the 90s, early 2000s, he was going to seminary. And so I heard that word hermeneutics and expository or expositional preaching. And Do you remember when in 2000 and... 2007-ish, when we were going through the book, Nine Marks of a Healthy Church. Yeah, upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. And one of those books was, I mean, one of those, one of the chapters was in that, that Keller? book. No, it was Dever. Dever. Mark, Mark Dever. Dever. That's right. One of the chapters in that book explaining what a healthy church is, is that it had expository, expository preaching. preaching. So Jonathan went through that really, really fast. So let me yeah. just tap on it one more time. Expository preaching uh, can be defined as uh, preaching a sermon where you take the point of the passage as the point of your sermon. Um, so uh, we believe that expository preaching is particularly glorifying to God because it says God has spoken. So it's coming from a conviction that God has spoken and we need to hear what God has said. So it's not so much, wow, our pastor's really clever, <laughs> our pastor's really smart. No, God has spoken. So so we want the point of every sermon to be the point of the passage. Now, I would say expository preaching is the preferred way, but it's not the only way to preach. And so um, uh, the a, a topical way to preach uh, is a way to preach where... You know, I let's say, you know, let's say I I feel a great pastoral burden uh, on the issue of gender, and um, there's a lot of confusion about gender in our culture today, and so pastorally, I feel a burden to to preach on this. Well, I may then go to the scripture and collect the different teachings that scripture teaches on gender and bring those to light in the sermon. The thing is, is that I'm not going to have time in a sermon to give uh, adequate explanation to all those different texts that are used. I'm just bringing them to bear upon the the, the people to paint a bigger picture. Um, That would be more of a topical sermon, and I like what you said because one of the one of the strengths of expository preaching is that is that as I'm preaching, it actually disciples our people on how to read the scripture themselves. In other words, as I'm unpacking the text, it trains them 
on how to approach the text as they're reading it in their own daily reading. Topical uh, do, does the alternative. It, it actually trains people to read a verse out of context. Um, and, and Jonathan, you hear me say it all the time. In Bible interpretation, context is king. It's king. It's supreme. And so if you really want to understand what a text means, you've got to get a hold of, of the context. Um, so, so those are taken into account when I'm preparing a sermon. Grammatical context, historical context, um, and... Um, so yeah, it's you know it's it varies the amount of time that I spend on a text. Uh, I like to get started early, and it's interesting because I really don't finish sermon prep until Sunday morning. And um, you know every preacher is different in how they prepare, but here's here here's here's why I do it that way. I'm I'm meditating on the text all week long. Um. It's stewing. It's like in the oven, you know, and I gave the illustration of like when you when you take a cinnamon roll out of the oven, the last thing you do is you put the icing on the top of it, right? And so I feel like I, I don't procrastinate in my sermon prep, but I do let it bake as all like all week long. So in other words, I don't shut it down on Thursday. It's just still stewing. It's still going. And if I and if I leave it sitting like that, then sometimes on Saturday night the best illustration comes to me. It's like the longer you the longer you think about it, the more insight you're gonna you're gonna have. Um, so so there you go. You know, I yeah. So so the meditation, you come up then with the the, the big idea and the outline. Um, you make sure you 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 explain it, so you have some teaching points to explain it. Um, and then, and then I really seek to illustrate it. Okay, so that's what I wanted to yeah. get you on. So, you know, one of the compliments I've always heard about your preaching is it's just very application-based, is that you, when you do your points, it's always leading us to a change of thought or a change of behavior or a motivation um, to do something um, of what the Scripture has illuminated to you and to us. And so I think, I know when I used to, when I do prepare, uh, for community group and, 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 and classes in the past, you know, I would do the same thing. I would try to read the scripture. I did look at commentary. I looked at not just one commentary. That, that's my last thing. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. no, no, no. No, I just, I would not yeah, just look good. at one commentary. I would look at several commentaries, as many as I could, sometimes, hopefully from reliable sources. Sometimes, got to use your filter. Maybe, maybe it's not so reliable, but at least you want to hear what they're saying, put it through your filter. But I would want to make sure I'm in the lane, I'm not just by myself. I want to see what other learned scholars or learned people have said about that scripture. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, Fred, I would say to myself when I get ready for a teaching, not that the scripture is not sufficient in and of itself for its truth, but I always ask the question when I'm teaching, what motivated me to get to the end, which you said to put the icing on it, was you're going to be standing up in front of a group of five, or sitting with a group of four, or you may be standing in a group of 150 to 300, so what? That's the question I always ask myself. Yeah. So what? Yeah, that's good. Not that the Scripture's not sufficient. It is. Yeah. But the Scripture is the truth. So what? Yeah. How does that apply to us? And we're going to get to your, your three questions you should ask when you read the Scriptures, which I think is very good. But I always say, if someone's listening to me talk about the Scriptures— 
hopefully bringing the, tr- the, the main point of the Scriptures out. So what? And that's sometimes where the cleverness or the craftiness comes in, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I do want to put a caveat out there to people. That's something to beware. If you're listening to people that are always talking and they're not talking about the Scripture, you need to be very, very careful. Yeah. Just be very, very careful. If you hear a whole sermon and they've never mentioned Scripture or never read a verse out of the Scripture, be very, very, very careful. Or if you can't see how where the point that they're making is coming out of the Scripture. Now, why is that? And why is expository preaching particularly glorifying to God? Well, it sets God's Word forward as the authority. It says that God has spoken, and what He has said is the most important thing, so we want to hear it, we want to apply it to our life. Uh, Herschel York, uh, professor up at Southern Seminary, wrote a book called Preaching with Bold Assurance, and he actually argues that you put a sermon together and your and your points are application. You know, so so all of your sermon points are application oriented. And um, you know, I think that that's certainly a way to do it and it's actually a a very effective way to do it, but every text doesn't lend itself to um, making every point that you're, you know, every sermon point an application point, but I love the so what, you know, the the the, the so what piece and um, you clarity is important. You know, clarity is really important. You mentioned commentaries. So commentaries, you know, from time to time, I find myself as a church planter in a very, very busy week. And I might be in the commentary on Monday, you know, like, uh, you know, or the whole week got hijacked with pastoral responsibilities. And I might be on Thursday, you know, cranking out the sermon. And I may be in the commentary much earlier than I am. Uh, occasionally, I'll find like a perfect outline in a commentary, and I'm like, man, I can't improve on this. And I and, and I use that outline. Um, but my general pattern is to go to the commentaries last. And what the commentaries do there is sometimes they do two things: they either affirm that you're on the right track, or they <laughs> they point out that your thinking was off. You know, so so sadly, <laughs> you know, 10 years ago, I'd be preparing a sermon. And my last step is I'd go to the commentary and I'd be like, oh, no, I totally missed the point of this passage because I'm reading three different commentaries and they're all saying the same thing. And it's all completely different than what I, you know, pulled out of the text. And uh, those are <laughs> those are those are uh, those can be discouraging moments, you know. Um, but uh, here here's a here's a saying that my pastor in college helped me with, and I, I love it, but it's, it's think yourself empty, read yourself full, pray yourself hot. So, so think yourself empty. So with the Bible open, with your pen in hand, uh, you absolutely exhaust all of your ideas. So, so every, you, you keep thinking and you keep writing until you have no more thoughts about that text. Um, one of the ways that I think myself empty is I'll do what's called scripture mapping. So let's say I'm reading through the Psalms and the verse is God, our God is a shield. Well, I'll circle shield. I'll circle that, you know, I'll write that, I'll write that word. I'll write the verse on a dry erase board or on, or on a large pad. I'll circle it. And then I'll draw a little line out from that circle. And every idea that comes to me from a shield, I'll write up in another, you know, so that's the meditation process for me. And out of that sometimes comes 
explanations of what does a shield do? What is a shield like? What's the shield you've seen? You know, so illustrations will come out of that, the scripture mapping. So think yourself empty and then read yourself full. So you just read all these commentaries and, and then pray yourself hot. So that's kind of a, a little bit of a rhythm of a simple way to think about so, so just make sure we're underscoring what we're doing here this morning. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's very intriguing um, of how Freddie or how other how other pastors that are properly preaching are coming up with their sermons. But I want to say it again: this is how every one of us should be reading God's Word every day. Yeah, that's great. It's not let's just so when on, I, on on some minor scale. No, no. So here's what I mean. So there's I have to say there's plenty of days where I like uh. Uh, I sit there on podcasts, say it all the time. Got to get up. Don't look at social media. You better read your Bible. Don't think that. I don't think that. I'm like, you know, that's accountability. You know, you yeah. hypocrite. You can't look at that. Go do God's word and read God's word first thing. And so I'll do. But I like, you know, some mornings it's like, check, moving on. Don't think about it. Don't meditate on it. Don't care what it said. Do care what it said, but I read it for the day. Um, that's not exactly the way we should be doing it. I mean, we all don't have two hours to maybe map it out. But I want to say this again. When you read God's Word, God's going to meet you there. If you read it consistently, then He is going to talk with you. And as you meditate, or or as you said, stare, as you stare at that Scripture in your mind all day long or all week long, and you may read the same Scripture over and over all week. I read, came out of a podcast, Rachel and I were talking about it, um, but I read, and actually... Tim Newsbomber, Timmy, he'll be here in a couple weeks. I listened to his sermon um, from Sunday uh, this week, and it, it sparked me to reread um, Jacob. Um, and when he left uh, his his what was fa- the text? His family. I'm trying to, where the angels were descending what, and ascending. What, uh, what, what Genesis. Book? I don't. I had to pull yep, it up. Genesis. Genesis something. Okay. 20, 30, something. All right. And right before he meets Lee and Rachel. Uh, anyway, just, I've read it three times this week. Yeah. Very interesting. I don't understand yeah. all of it. Yeah, yeah. But it talks about he put his head on a rock, and then later he anoints that rock with oil. So much symbolism there. Yeah. Uh, restating the promises to Abraham. Anyway, I, I say all that to say this, that you need to read God's word like you're going to preach it to yourself. You don't have to preach it to anybody else. But I'll tell you, if you read it, like, I've really got to understand what it's actually saying. Yeah. And what is it saying to me? Yeah. What is this, the truth here? If you're trying to preach it to yourself, like you're going to do a little sermon to yourself, yeah. I guarantee you, you'll get an opportunity. I guarantee you, you'll get an opportunity to say that same sermon to somebody else during the week. Well, it's in, in one of the things that's really important as you read God's Word is to read it prayerfully, right? So... God loves to answer the prayer, speak to me today from your word. You know, uh, in Psalm 119, there's lots of little pithy prayers. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. Give me an undivided heart to walk in your ways. You know, there's read Psalm 119, and you'll find all these little prayers to pray before you read God's word. Um, so, yeah, that's good, JV. I love that. I just had a brain cramp because I had another thought that I was, oh, the phrase that I used a few weeks ago or a couple of months ago that you really love is asking the question, what does this text mean to them then? The context of what the author was actually writing to them then. Yeah, so so Paul's writing to Timothy. What did this mean to Timothy? He was not then? writing this to us. He was right. writing this to Timothy. So what did said. it mean to Timothy? What did it mean to them then? Matthew was writing to a Jewish audience. So what, sure. did, it, what did Matthew's writing mean to them then? Um, 
what does it mean to us always? So what's the, what is the general absolute principle, absolute truth that's true for all people at all times? And then you really personalize it. What does it mean to, what does it mean to me today? So in light of what it meant to them then, what does it mean to us always? Now, now personally apply it. What does it mean to, to me today? Um, in the sermon prep process, um, sometimes, sometimes the introduction comes to me early, and that can be frustrating because it's more helpful when the introduction comes toward the tail end of the prep. Um, because then you, because then you you don't want the introduction, you don't want the tail wagging the dog, right? The introduction is just to get a hook and to get them introduce the idea of the sermon and then to get into the meat of the sermon. Um, but generally speaking, the introduction and the conclusion are kind of the last things. And over the years, my weakest point has been the conclusion. Um, it's, it's where I've spent the less time, my, like the least amount of time developing. Um, and so it's an area that I've really sought to, to grow in. You know, it, honestly, it's, I went on a preaching retreat last fall and we got to ask questions and that was like the big dilemma for me is like, how do you close the sermon? Because I really want to close in a worshipful way, creating a moment for response, but I want to do it without distractions, you know? So that's hard to do. It's hard to like get your worship team engaged in the moment at the end of the sermon when it's like you're trying to tie it up. So you don't want to lose people's attention and you're really wanting to call for a commitment, you know? And so it's that that's an area that I'm always evaluating and always trying to work on the conclusion. So when I've taught for years, the, the, what I kind of developed was, what, which was the funniest, like, what's, what's the hook? So I always had a hook when I started teaching. It was always the word on the board. And I, what I always tried to do, and it was hard to, I was trying to be clever sometimes, trying to throw them off guard. Cause, you know what John Piper says about being clever? Uh, yeah, yeah. I know do do not, you? Do you know, know what he says? I'm sure it's not good. Yeah? DJ, you're going to love this. He, John Piper says, um, it's impossible to show that God is glorious and I am clever no, that, at I, the same time. 100% agree. So what I say what I mean by clever is, I've heard recently <laughs> on a podcast, you get this lullaby effect. That if you've heard a scripture, if those that have been in church, you may teach a scripture that you've heard over and over, and sometimes you miss the, the glaring points. And so what I've always tried to do is with the hook, present it and then end it with the same hook, and hopefully, if I did it non-cleverly, yeah. it's the point of the scripture, expository, actually in Latin, to, to place from the scripture, out of it, X, place it in front of the people to yeah. bring it out in essence. And so, yeah. Um, so anyway, encouraging the listener today, read the scripture like you want to preach it to yourself. God will give you the opportunity. Because if you have a spouse or you have a significant other or you have a parent or you have a friend or you have somebody that you meet, maybe not just for Bible study, you just meet them every week. You know, one of my favorite things that I do during the week is me and Rach, not every week, but me and Rach talk about whether she's listened to a podcast or what she's reading the Word or what she read in the devotional or what I'm reading. It always spurns me to want to talk about it. And the more you talk about it, the more excited I get, the more I learn, the more I think, the more I meditate, the more I stare at the Scriptures in my mind. Yeah. It's just really exciting thing. And yeah. usually it is so funny. We look at each other all the time, Rach and I, and say, oh, my gosh, Look, that's what I just read. Or, oh my gosh, just read, and or you'll see it somewhere. So, you know, read the scripture like you're going to preach it to yourself, and God will show Himself to you. Yeah, for sure. No, that's good. Um, pray before you read. 
Yes. Stare at it. Write down everything that comes to your mind as you're staring at it. Write down your questions. Write down your ideas. Write down illustrations that come to your mind. You just write it all down. Then you begin to organize it. Uh, then read your commentaries. Make sure you're not preaching something heretical. Um, and then put your put your put your hook on it. Put your closing on it. Pray yourself hot. Um, and then you actually have to get in front of a lot of people and do all that <laughs> while they're staring at you. Like, what do you got for me today, Fred? What do you got for me today, Fred? That's the, the, you know, what, what's so well, funny though. I always said I had to go in front of the <laughs> stage and talk about myself or do something. And it is just so hard for me because I'm so nervous. I'm shaking. I can't hold the mic. Yeah. If you ever see me on stage, I never hold a mic because I can't hold it because I'm shaking so bad because I'm so nervous. But when I get to preach God's word, it's yeah. just a completely different thing. The Holy Spirit takes it. Well, it's just not about you either. It's just about scripture well that yeah i love studying and refining the craft of communication and so like ted talks are really fun to watch to see how they to see how they communicate they're usually like 17 minutes long excuse me but um i it's hard to overestimate the importance of your first 30 seconds because you can lose your listeners or you can capture them and you don't want to capture them only to lose them later. In other words, you've got to capture them with something that actually relevantly ties into or connects to your message. Um, so, you know, so in my earliest days of preaching, like I would get up there and say, well, good morning, you know, and it's so good to see you guys. And, you know, and, and just kind of him and haul. And you, it's just like, you just lose, you just lose it. So it's like, You've you've got to you've got to be the 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 first thing that comes out of your mouth has to be your hook, um, or you're or you're you're losing people in the in by the second you're losing them, and um, you know people's attention spans are so <laughs> so uh, so much worse than you know and and I try to preach shorter today than I used to. I used to be comfortable preaching a 40-minute message, and now I want to be under 30 minutes. You'd be 40. It's good, though. Well. Uh, so takeaway, before we go off to break, Fred, yeah. uh, takeaway for me was, I hope this was interesting for the podcast listeners to say, how does Fred put his sermons together? I hope it's also interesting and gives you gives you courage and gives you a commitment to study the Scriptures yourself like you're going to preach it to yourself, just like if you were going to give that sermon. A big goal that I have, JV, yes, yes. a big goal when we get when we get our staff hired at Real Life because we're looking for more staff. Uh, some someday when the, when the building gets complete, I, I hope to have like sermon outlines yeah. done like six months out. Yeah, you know, like outline, like go on a study retreat and actually and actually have the big idea mapped out for all these. So sometimes I'll get several weeks ahead, um, but rarely have I. I actually, I, I, I try to plan out months at a time, but I don't get to do the work in the text usually. I can kind of look and get a big idea, and commentaries kind of help me with that. But um, anyways. And my last takeaway? My last takeaway. Sorry. Was, yes, no, no. I had a former pastor for years and years, said, worship on Sunday morning begins on Saturday night. Hey! Um, worship on Sunday morning begins on Saturday night. So that means get yourself prepared. Don't stay at way too late. Um, don't exhaust yourself if you don't have to. But most importantly, this is very, very important to say, that what when Fred or all the other pastors across this world uh, present the gospel on whatever day they do, it is a very important, I think it's a very holy time, Pray for your pastor. 
Yes. Pray for, pray for Fred. Amen. There, li- listen, <clears throat> there has never been more attack on me spiritually mm. when I'm trying to get ready for a sermon or a class on Sunday morning. And so pray for Fred. I always pray for his clarity. I always pray for his focus. I pray for his, his strength in God and what he's about to present. And pray for your own heart. Right. You know, there's great teaching and warnings in Scripture about all the many things that can distract us from from the Word being fruitful in our own lives as it goes out. So, yeah, as you pray for me, pray for your heart, that your heart will be receptive for God's Word, that it will be hungry for God's Word, that you'll, you won't be a listener only. As James says, don't be a listener only to God's Word, but be a doer. Um, yeah. So, you podcast thanks, listeners, man. you're an active participant now. You know what Fred's trying to do? Hopefully, he's expository preaching. He's prepared, hopefully, be engaged, give him a smile, uh, have bright eyes, uh, pray for the effectiveness of God's Word on the people and the commitment that hopefully comes out from that. Hey, one last thought. People come up to me from time to time and say, oh, you got going this morning, I just wanted to shout. And I'm like, well, why, why didn't you? Why? Somebody, I just wanted to jump up and down. What? Why didn't you? Uh, I mean, real life is a place of freedom. So if you want to shout, shout. If you want to lift your hands, lift your hands, you know, like. Or even put them in your pocket. I would, yeah, you can do that. All right, Fred, any last moment, last moments, any last things about. Well, I've got some other things. Let's, you know, let's come back for a break. Let's let's come back for a break real quick and we'll talk about those. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. But man, don't we have a lot of excuses for why we don't honor the Lord with our money? You know, ministry takes money. And when you give, God's work is propelled forward. I want to ask you to pray today. Pray and ask God to strengthen your faith, to deepen your resolve, to invest in His work, in His ministry. Worship the Lord today through your giving. Make a sacrifice. Set up recurring giving so that even when you can't be present at church, your gift is present. Simply text MISSION to 97000 to set up giving today. Don't hold back. Don't wait. Give to the Lord. All right, Fred. Well, I hope for the people that were listening to the last segment, I know we didn't talk specifically about the substance of God's Word, but I think just as important, we talked about how we should study and be committed to studying God's Word. So, last segment, let's just talk about what's coming up with real life, Sango, there's we there's been a lot of things in the last few weeks with Palm Sunday and Easter, but we've got just as exciting things coming up. What do you got? Well, uh, Mother's Day, Mother's Day, baby dedication, Mother's Day, so you can dedicate your child, your baby, yourself to the Lord on Mother's Day. Uh, uh, you can you can sign up at our usual platform. Uh, text mission to 97,000 and uh, something will come up. Uh, menu will come up. You can register for that. So um, that's going to be an exciting day. It's always awesome to see moms and dads standing before the church congregation saying, Church, we need your help. We're seeking to raise our kid in the admonition of the Lord and pray for us and encourage us and help us. And, and Lord Jesus, this baby belongs to you. <laughs> You created them. Yeah, a prayer that we pray for our kids is save them, send them where you want them to go, spin them out for your glory. Um, so uh, Mother's Day, if you want to dedicate your child to the Lord on Mother's Day, go ahead and text mission. That's going to be May 8th, Mother's Day. It's coming up fast. 
um, go ahead and text mission to 97,000. Don't be shy. If you don't like to be on stage, it's okay. It really is. I've done it twice for both my kids. It just really is a very memorable thing. And so please sign up. Mission to 97,000. I think it'll be a wonderful day for you. Yep. Uh, Organized Mass Chaos was a student event that was going to be this Sunday, but with the prospect of rain, they've moved that to to this summer. Um, uh, I think there's just a lot that goes into it, and I think they probably need a little more time. I don't know. Maybe it's going to rain. But um, uh, Organized Mass Chaos is a big student event, so that was originally on the calendar for this Sunday. It's gotten moved to later this summer. That's a student event. Uh, Pastor Tim, Timmy, Timmy. Nussbaum, Pastor Timmy Nussbaumer gets here. Uh, his first day is May 15th. Super excited about his uh, arrival. And um, uh, we've got Graduate Recognition Sunday coming up. DJ Daniel Cox, what day is Graduate Recognition Sunday? The 22nd. He just gave me two twos. Two twos. Uh, so uh, Graduate Recognition Sunday, if you have a senior in high school, we're going to recognize them on May 22nd. So text MISSION to 97000 to get them signed up for that special day. Uh, we'll want you to send us like a picture of them and that kind of thing, and we'll we'll have a good time celebrating Maybe them. picture. Maybe, maybe. Uh, we've got summer studies coming up. So we've got at least eight summer studies, Bible studies that different real lifers, our elders are teaching lessons. You've got Bible studies that are going to be three weeks long. You've got Bible studies that are going to be eight weeks long. You've got them in June and January and August, in, or June and July and August. And um, so make a commitment now to jump into a summer Bible study. It's a way for you to grow in your understanding of God's Word. It's a way for you to connect with other real lifers. Um, it's also a way to support those people like me and DJ Daniel Cox in teaching because we're going to put a lot, a lot of time into um, studying and getting ready for it. So even if you can't be, at, you know you can't be at every single week, go ahead and sign up, commit now. It's going to be supportive for those that are teaching, but it also God will bless that even though you can't show up for every week. Daniel is teaching a study in his home or at the office? At the office on worship. Jonathan, you're teaching a, a study on work and Sabbath. Sabbath. Finding our value in the Sabbath. In the Sabbath. And where are you teaching that? You told me a TBD, so I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. So there you go. That's to be determined. Yeah. And then we've got our London mission trip coming up in July. I think July. The It's like the third week in July. And um, what do you... July. Yeah, this July. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's it's quick. happening. Oh, it's happening. Oh, um, wow. So this, it just got nailed down. Uh, Alex and Nicole Morris are leading that trip, uh, the London mission trip this July. That's two and a half months away. Uh, that's right. Oh, wow. That's it'll exciting. Be, yeah, it'll be a small group, you know. I mean, Great. Most likely. Um, but we're going to partner with our mission partners in Queen's Park, London, England. They're in Zone 2 in London, which is the... If you know about that, Zone 1 is city center. Zone 2 is the next kind of layer out from the city center of London. And um, we we partner with a church plant there, pastored by a man named Thomas West, he and his wife Elizabeth. And uh, we're going uh, to do a couple of things with them. One, to pray, to pray on the ground there. Two, to care for them as missionaries. And then three is to help promote the church by passing out flyers. So that's going to be the mission trip caring for the missionaries on the ground, praying for the missionaries and the work on the ground, and helping promote their ministry there on the ground 
uh, coming up the third week of July. You right now, if you're interested, just interested, if you want more information, there's going to be an info meeting coming up very soon. Text mission to 97,000 on the menu will come up. Uh, I'm interested in the London trip and uh, fill that out. And uh, Alex and Nicole will get back to you about that. So if you have time and the resources, you know, if you've never been on a mission trip, it really is another memorable experience that you can do. That's right. And if you really, really want to go and finances are an obstacle for you um, to going, just let us know. We would love to partner with you to make that happen. Great. JV, I think that's all I got. Brad, I didn't know if we were going to have podcasts this week. This was great. Yeah. I hope I hope the listeners enjoyed it. Um, I hope they can take some nuggets away. I appreciate our time, DJ Daniel Cox, and what he does yeah, every week. Yeah, I appreciate week. both of you guys. And you want to close this out, brother? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we pray today in Jesus' name and by your Holy Spirit, thank you for your amazing love. Your presence in our life is our constant source of, of everything. Lord, you are our all. And uh, Father, we pray that we might be able to live lives that honor you, that glorify you, uh, that exalt you in er- with every breath, Lord. That's our prayer today. Uh, so, Father, uh, for our listeners, may they feel encouraged by your Spirit. May they feel strengthened uh, by you. And uh, uh, protect us from the enemy. Help us to keep our eyes on Jesus, we pray in his name. Amen. And one of our core values, Freddie, is keep it real. Keep it Jesus. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.